Hello and welcome to the Being Human podcast, the podcast that asks the question, whether through ancient wisdom, philosophy, or religion, how do we navigate through the 21st century whilst maintaining our humanity? I'm Chris Lewis, and on today's episode, I'll be discussing expectations, how we place them on other people, as well as being on the receiving end of them. So expectations. Well, first of all, we have to kind of work through what that even really means, first of all. So what it seems to mean, as kind of doing a little bit of minor research on the subject, is the idea of a surety of a specific outcome. So what we tend to do is we tend to place this idea on people that we desire this specific outcome from them. There's like this surety of it, right? So when people don't tend to do or act or behave in the way, in the manner that we desire them to, there's a lot of there's a lot of consequences, a lot of um, a lot of succeeding events that occur because of that, right? As far as like our per- our perception of others, how we think of others, and so starting there, I'm going to have to get personal and tell a story because there's really no way. I mean, I'll get as personal as I can without giving too many details because there's really no way to get into that unless I've experienced it myself, right? Unless I've been guilty of that as well. Um. I would like to focus more on being the one who actually has the expectations, the one that places them on other people, because I think it's more beneficial. It's something I'm thinking through and processing because I have a, I have a tendency to have these things and feelings get hurt, emotions stir up. And to be quite frank, I don't like feeling like that. And I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's right. Now, that's an ethical question, which you can disagree with me on. Whatever it is, expectations tend to be a pretty dirty area, um, very complicated. So whatever I discuss here is going to be much more personal, much more simplistic, a way different approach than, say, someone who's um, psychologically trained to be able to kind of figure out a lot of the, the minutia and the details of why we do what we do, why we have these expectations of people. So... I'm in the middle of a divorce. I think I've already given that in previous episodes, that information. But at one time, I was married. I was in a relationship and I proposed, got on one knee, proposed. Um, we got married, the whole the whole thing, the whole deal. And something that, that's interesting, um, getting married and now living with someone, is that these you, you start to become disappointed in certain respects, right? Because unbeknownst to us, we go into a relationship, we go into marriage, we, and it could be friendships, you know, all this is going to come out as I, as I keep talking. But for me personally, I had all these expectations of marriage that I had no idea, like that were there. I really didn't, really didn't know. And I guess I kind of go thinking through this and working through it is there's like this um, unaware application of these expectations, right? So I'm doing this in the day to day, right? Through the years and the months and the in the time that we're together, we were together, and it's a lot of like generational. At least for me, but I'm realizing this, there's a lot of generational programming, right? 
So things that I, I watched as a child, I watched my parents do, right? My dad and my mom, as I um, watched them interact with one another. And as I saw, saw them live out their life, um, whether consciously or subconsciously, whatever it was, you know, there's, we're, we're being programmed, like we're learning through observation and, and we're seeing the, di- the dynamics of our parents. And that highly influences us as children. It becomes programmed into our minds and we don't really even realize it. I mean, you don't really think about it until you get older and you realize, oh my gosh, like I have way more expectations than I ever thought I did. So first of all, I'm a you know, getting into the expectations, especially considering my parents, you know, were married in the eighties and, uh, there was still like residual, you know, even from the prior generations, you know, the, the feminist movement, you know, really took up steam in the sixties, you know, my, which my parents were both born in the sixties. So, but there was still like a residual, um, I guess, proud American way of living the, the dream, the American dream of the of the, gosh, the 50s, and it, they, they were still there, right? Those types of ideas. And um, so, first of all, I like to say I'm, I'm pro um, women, uh, working women, and, um, and fully pro distributing household responsibilities. So, I say that to, um, to emphasize that it's not something like, oh, he's, he just expected that he's just a sexist and he's putting down women like no 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 like not at all it's just uh there was things that i you know my mother worked um for most of my gosh probably childhood up till my my early teens mid-teens right so i under like working women all that's fine so it wasn't like i was some kind of misogynistic prick who was like um just saying oh you need to stay home you need to do this you need to do that now Although, I have to be honest, I think I'm pretty sure my ex-wife assumes that that's exactly what I wanted subconsciously somehow. Like, I wanted that, you know, I wanted her just to be like a stay-at-home mom, pop babies out, do her thing. That's not my jam. That never was even when I, when I was dating her and when I was married to her, even though she constantly misinterpreted a lot of things that I thought and a lot of things that I, that I would communicate. So, all that to say... Um, I do desire a woman now, you know, like even more so now who's independent, goal oriented, enjoys a career. Um, now I think, now I think there are issues with men and women who are working, you know, to find their identity in their work. I think that's a major problem. At least it was in my marriage, but to, but the reality is this, like you, we have to learn that individually. Like you can't, you can't even expect your spouse to not find their identity in their work. It goes both ways. So that's kind (laughs) of where I was. And I'm starting to learn that identity kind of vacillates. So there's a, there's a point where there's a healthier way of identifying yourself and there's an unhealthy way, but that's a whole other podcast. This is to focus on, on myself. So, um, so what my own issues, not myself, but my own, my own issues here. So initially, I was working 50 to 60 uh, hours a week. I was a, a brand new employee, you know, uh, not a brand new employee. I was, I've been employed with this company for years, but I got a promotion and this was a new place for me. Literally, I got this job, uh, gosh, I got promoted maybe a month before I got, before we got married. So there was a lot of, um, 
a lot of uh, expectations, right? So I'm working a lot of hours. She's working part-time. And, you know, there were expectations of her taking on certain responsibilities at the house. And a lot of those things um, didn't get done. And they were then given to me on weekends, right? So look at my mistake. I made a lot of mistakes with that. Number one, like um, home, the home is, is the responsibility of both. So, you know, now living on my own, I'm like, yeah, I got to take care of business, right? So if you're if you don't have enough time to say work on to clean your home and take care of like the, the small details, um, you need to pay someone to do it. So unfortunately I have to do that because I don't have a lot of the, the, the things that are necessary to clean a home. And also I don't have the time to do it because I'm working a lot. Then I'm writing and I'm podcasting and I'm I'm basically taking a, a second job on, on top of the job that I already have. So Anyways, I'm learning, you know, I have to do my own dishes. Um, I have to do, which I do have a dishwasher now, which is pretty nice, but I don't even, I don't even really use the thing because I just don't dirty enough dishes to even substantiate like using the thing. So I wash by hand and I do that nearly every day, every morning before I go to work. Anyways, all I have to say is, um, uh, of course I organize and I take care of my house and stuff like that now. And these are things that, uh, that my mother did for me my whole life besides clean my bedroom, right? I clean my own bedroom. I pick things up and, and whatnot, but my mom would for the most part pay somebody or do it herself or have one of my, pay one of my siblings to do it or whatever it was. The reality is that, that I didn't have that responsibility. So when I got married, I, I, I transferred that then to my wife, you know, as someone who I'm even discovering now was very codependent in that manner. So you, when you have like, which I think a lot of us naturally have those inclinations, right. Of codependency, you know, if we've never truly um, been on our own. So what ended up occurring was I, I uh, would then uh, transfer that to my ex-wife and it was just uh it and also on top of that it's more complicated than just like oh you you're just being a butthole and you did this and that it's like no 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 like we didn't even have the communication skills to be able to to navigate that let alone a lot of the trauma in her childhood that didn't really give freedom for any kind of criticism and myself too i i i struggle with criticism because of my own hubris right my own arrogance right so we had our both our issues excuse me. But all that to say is there's all these, these expectations that we may not even be aware of, but we bring them into, um, marriages, into parent, parenting. Parenting is another, another avenue in which you can place expectations and, and friendships. So something that I wrote down was that consciously or subconsciously, we place expectations on people, especially those closest to us right? Which I just gave a list of spouses, children, friends, and sometimes coworkers as well. So what happens when they don't meet our expectations? We become, I think I mentioned it just a couple minutes ago, was um, we become disappointed, right? There was a failure to do what I wanted to do, what I wanted you to do, right? So this idea of I, right, is, is a pretty obvious part of disappointment, right? So this there's projection of, of, of an unhealthy ego, right? And this, this unhealthy perspective of self-importance. I expect this. 
You didn't do it. I'm disappointed in you. You failed. You didn't live up to this. And by the way, this isn't always expressed verbally. This can be expressed non-verbally as well through uh, signaling, uh, tone, um, treatment, right? You can, I don't know, you can give them the silent treatment, which is uh, an emotionally abusive tactic. There's all kinds of ways in which you can communicate disappointment to somebody, right? So I'm not going to get too deep on this thing. I kind of want to make this episode short and to the point. So um, what can disappointment lead to? Well, ultimately, it can lead to resentment and contempt, which are extremely unhealthy uh, perspectives to have or emotions to have and thoughts to have toward anybody. Because what begins to happen is you begin to dehumanize them. You begin to see them as a villain, the antithesis to the self. And it's quite destructive for any relationship, any relationship. And it's extremely hurtful and harmful. So what can we do? What can I do, right? Don't place expectations on others. Simple enough, right? Seems obvious. And I think perhaps for every individual who's listening to this, and myself included, is we have to get to this place of introspective understanding. Understanding the why. Like, why why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? And why am I disappointed? And is what I'm doing an expectation on somebody else? And we have to ask that question. And like, just to kind of go back to the, to the, to my story, to the illustration is that if you look at it, it's like, oh, well, it's obvious, right? I just already gave you the answer. It's his childhood. I was, I was brought up this way. So there's like these, through the simple act of living in observation and just living your life and looking around and seeing your mom and your dad do this, you learn these habits, you learn these expectations, you learn these ideas, and then you bring them into a new relationship, which, you know, doesn't start off with a clean slate. We, you go into it with a full slate, with all these expectations, all these ideas, all these things that you think ought to be. So you have to get down to the deep level of the why. So for me, it's like, well, yeah, I saw this, but that's not the kind of life I want to build. So I have to begin to develop my own concepts, my own ideas of what uh, it means to not have, not place expectations on anybody, right? And I think there's even a way of looking at it, like placing expectations on yourself could be as unhealthy too, right? But that's a whole other other way to go. But um, so something that's very helpful too is when you're in that relationship, whether with, you know, uh, a spouse, children, um, what I put, uh, uh, coworkers and friends is like, anticipate potential outcomes, right? It's the the old premeditatio malorum, right? You're anticipating them not, you know, not meeting that, right? Not meeting in the next, look at, you're like, I, I want them to do this, but if they don't, then I'm not going to put that on them. I shouldn't expect that from them. Number one, I shouldn't expect it from them. That's the obvious. But sometimes we do it anyways. But I think that rather than just like saying, oh, I'm not going to do that, which is tough, which is hard, which I think is impossible for the human because we're, well, we're human. We make mistakes, we fail, we, and it's like, but when someone doesn't meet that, it's like, well, whether they do it or not, I'm going to choose to love them anyways. I'm going to choose to care for them. I'm going to choose to see them as uh, a valuable member of society uh, the, the, for the common good, right? They're just a good human being. Now, 
I don't mean that in the sense of like ethically, and obviously we're a, a complex myriad of frigid, a, a complex, um, a complexity of good and evil, and we have issues and problems. But the idea is that like we still treat people like humans instead of robots, instead of do as I will, just do it, right? Just no complaining or whatnot. So we anticipate potential outcomes. We, you know, it's like, look at this person has committed to this. They said they were going to do this. And it's like, but look at if they don't, then it's like, it is what it is. Um, and just let it go. And I think that if you can anticipate that before it even happens, it's very helpful and very beneficial. And it doesn't put any undue stress on yourself either. So people shouldn't be subjected to our expectations. And there's no way, like, we can live up to others' expectations. So we ought to unburden ourselves and stop burdening others. And if we are suffering resentment and contempt towards a specific person, like that's something we need to work on. Like that's significant, that's important, and that's only really self-destructive. It's only really hurting yourself, right? Because there's resentment, contempt. You haven't even let go of this. You're holding so tightly to it because I'm right. They're wrong. They should have done this. They didn't do it. I'm better than them. There's like this idea of like even superiority, you know, that we somehow were the gods of all life and the world revolves completely around us. So, so I hope I made that short enough. I think the idea is like, look at, like, don't place expectations on people. But when you do, when you sense that, that emotional, that feeling of just anger that can, that turns into resentment and inevitably contempt, when you sense that, just ask yourself, like, take some time to get away like maybe for whatever, 15 minutes, half hour, whatever, whatever time you can take. Right. And ask yourself why, like why, not just like, why didn't they do this, but why do I feel this way? And what did I do? Take responsibility. Like we need to take responsibility for our own emotional life, our own thought life and to take ownership of it and be like, Hey, where does it, where is this coming from? Because it's coming from somewhere. Something happened. Um, in the past that has somehow molded my perspective, my perception. And now I have all these expectations on people and they're failing to meet it. And I have all these emotions and, and I don't like feeling this way, or maybe you do, maybe some people, I don't know, are dramatic and they just, they like feeling that way and it feeds its fuel, right? They use it as fuel, but that's a whole other story too. But the thing is we need to look at ourselves and take responsibility for our own feelings of, of anger, resentment, and contempt as it pertains to others failing to meet our expectations. And we need to discover why that is. And we need to discover ourselves even more. So I hope that was short. Um, if you are interested in these types of conversations and, and, and uh, you can go to my website, beinghumanwcl.com for some of my writing where I kind of discuss these, these things as well. And um, you can also message me at bh underscore Chris Lewis at Instagram. If you want to message me or talk to me, that's a really good place. I love to answer questions. I love to have dialogue. And um, so feel free to reach out to me um, at either place, really. So thank you for listening. And I will catch you on the next episode.